Joseph uh, spent all those years in Egypt and in prison. David lived as an outlaw after being anointed as king. He spent many years uh, just being chased by uh, King Saul. I wonder whether what you're doing now is a preparation for what God's got for you in the future. Because sometimes these difficult journeys, these dark times, our preparation, our teaching us. We probably learn more when uh, things go wrong than when things are going right. God teaches us and gets us into that place where uh, we listen. What we do know is that uh, this time when God called Jonah to the same task, um, that the task hadn't got any easier, but that Jonah obeyed this time. He was probably still scared, but he had proof now of God's power to save and God's sovereignty over all creation. God had uh, organized the, uh, the, the mighty uh, storm at sea. He'd sent the fish to swallow him. God has power over the wind, the waves, the animals, everything. God is sovereign. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. It was very large and highly populated, taking three days to walk either through it or around it. There's many carvings that can still be found in the area today about the wickedness of the people of Nineveh. There's loads of writings about how absolutely, utterly depraved and violent and wicked they were. They treated their enemies with brutality. They worshipped a god called Dagon. He was half man and half fish. I wonder if somebody saw Jonah being spat out by a fish. I wonder if God was having a laugh that uh, he sent a fish to uh, to rescue Jonah. God didn't clarify the message uh, exactly. Jonah just knew he had to go. But, you know, the message uh, wouldn't have gone down well, whatever it was. So Jonah thought, either today, then, or today, uh, Nineveh is actually on the outskirts of Mosul. And you'd have heard of that when we heard all about the fighting uh, in Iraq. Uh, the Jonah's tomb is in that place. Uh, there's loads and loads of archaeology even going on today. And this was a real place. But now God told him the message. Now he was getting close. And uh, as Rob so eloquently put it, the message was 40 days and the city will be overthrown. You know, even John the Baptist uh, spoke about repentance, um, forgiveness, maybe uh, God's love. We don't know whether Jonah spoke about those things as well. We just knew that the, know that the crux of his message was, you're all going to die. You know, you're doomed. Uh, 40 days and you'll be overthrown. You know, God did love the people of Nineveh. We'll find out a bit more about that next week. 
probably find out a bit about it this week as well. God loved that people and he sent Jonah with this particular message. Jonah actually did what he was told. He preached that message. He probably didn't expect to live. He likely thought he would die at the hands of the Assyrians or at least um, in the coming destruction when God would destroy them. You know, what, what would he send? Would it be fire and brimstone? How would he overthrow them? I don't know. But Jonah probably thought that this was uh, the end. But what happened next was absolutely amazing. It was better and more wonderful than he could ever have imagined. There was a national revival. Everyone was acknowledging their wickedness. Even fasted and prayed to the living God. He ordered the whole nation to join him in this prayer and fasting. I don't know about you, I have pictures of these animals all covered in sackcloth. I don't know how that worked. Um, and it says that nobody w w was to eat or drink. I don't know whether the animals were allowed to graze, well, who knows. But, you know, they were serious about what was going on. And this king, uh, who may not have worshipped the God of Israel before, he was aware of God's power and his compassion. You know, he said, who knows that God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger, and so we will not perish. You know, sometimes people who we don't consider as being Jesus followers have got a good idea of, of what Jesus said, what he is, what he does. Many, many people uh, believe in God, but uh, they're just uh, not quite at that point of uh, following Jesus. God, in his love and mercy, didn't bring destruction on Nineveh because they repented. And we know that God is a God who forgives. Jesus uh, spoke about Nineveh. We hear uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus said, the people of Nineveh will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. Jesus was having a go at, at those people who uh, just couldn't uh, see who he was. He was proclaiming himself as, uh, as God, in effect. Uh, but people uh, just couldn't accept that God is God. And Jesus said, you know, uh, it's all about repenting being forgiven and, uh, and moving on. You know, our God is a God of second chances, isn't he? Second, third, fourth, I don't know how many chances, both for Jonah and for the Ninevites. I wonder has there been a time when you, like Jonah, have been given another chance after disobeying God? Um, when I was a young mum, uh, I came to this church and sat on the back row over there when it was pews. Uh, I'd been absolutely on fire for God when I was a teenager. I'd known Jesus since I was a child. And I'd never stopped believing in Jesus. 
but uh, I'd, kept, I'd gone my own way for a few years. And when I came back, uh, I was desperate to, because I knew God was the only way. You know, taste and see that the Lord is good. I knew that the Lord was good. So I decided that, uh, well, I won't be as fanatical as I was in my teenage because by this time I'd married uh, my husband and at that time he wasn't a Christian. Uh, so I just thought I'll just come to an Anglican church because Anglicans don't speak to you. And you, you, don't, get, you don't have to get involved. You just go to church and then go home and that's it. So there I sat on the back row and um, and there's this God having a laugh and um, in the ear. Uh, I gradually I gradually came back to him, obviously, and gradually got more involved in the church uh, and became a reader. And, and then in the year 2000, I was ordained. I still uh, I still fail. Sometimes I still make the same mistakes, but God loves me and forgives me and gives me a new start. Perhaps you're longing for a new start. He gave one to Jonah, he gave one to the people of Nineveh, and he's given many to me. Second lesson we can learn from, from this chapter is that Jonah obeyed God, even though the task was difficult. You know, the task didn't get any easier although he was now in the right place with God. In fact, it got a bit hard because God had now told him that uh, the message was be to tell them they're all going to die. But Jonah was willing to obey. And being in that place of obedience, things may be really, really difficult, but is really special. And, you know, there's many, many people in our, our world who... Uh, are standing up for Jesus in dreadful circumstances. 50 out of the less than 200 countries in our world, it's really difficult to be a Christian. There's persecution. Uh, 16 people a day are killed, martyred, because they believe in Jesus. Uh, many, many people are in prison. Many are just uh, deprived of a home. People come and burn their homes, chase them out the villages, whatever. But, you know, they stand firm for Jesus. They are determined that no matter how difficult things get, that they will um, stand firm. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, we've been talking over the last few months about fits for mission um, if uh, if you don't know what that's about uh, then come and see me afterwards but uh, fit for mission is uh, an acknowledgement by uh, Liverpool diocese that um, that the church is in Church of England is in a bad way uh, and it's not just that Liverpool it, it's sort of countrywide the Church of England is in decline and um, there are pockets where uh, great things are happening, but there are many churches where people are just sort of giving up. So Fifth Mission is an attempt to try and stop the decline. If uh, the decline is not stopped, 
uh, they reckon uh, the year 2044 will be the year that the church doors close. I don't believe that um, the Church of England may fail, but I don't think, well, I know God won't fail because the gates of hell won't prevail against it. But, you know, we need to uh, accept that things are difficult and we need to take our stand uh, because in those countries where there is persecution, that's where the churches are growing because those people are not afraid of putting themselves out there. So I think the application from this is that, you know, to recognize uh, what's happening and to really get down on our knees and pray uh, that revival will come to our nation. You know, maybe there's, uh, I'm not telling you to wear sackcloth and ashes, but maybe there's a case for uh, some serious getting down to business, some uh, maybe prayer and fasting, because we, we need to ask God to have mercy uh, on our church, the church in this country, and uh, to make us stronger. And we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters uh, in, in those places where things are really difficult. And if they're difficult for you in your family or your, your workplace or whatever, then you know, share it with somebody. Get people to pray with you. Uh, don't just be quiet and think, uh, I've just got to be tolerant. I won't tell anybody about Jesus. Just go for it um, and pray for it. Let's pray for each other. The third lesson I think we can get from this chapter is that God had a plan to use one man to bring about the revival and teams of people, priests, Levites, crusaders, but he chose one scared, disobedient prophet. Paul wrote in Ephesians, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared stuff for us to do. What is the task that God has called you to do? Are you doing it? Have you asked him? Are you in training? You know, are you on a journey uh, training for what he's got prepared for you? When I um, retired from work, um, my prayer was that uh, God wouldn't let me uh, sort of wither away, that I, would, um, that I would be even more fruitful in the, the next period of my life, however long that might be. Uh, and that is still my prayer. You know, we can't sit back and say, well, it's up to the young ones now. Um, I just want God to use me. And I hope you do too, because God has prepared good things. And I don't think there's, uh, there's things ahead of me, even if it's only, even only heaven, even if it's only heaven ahead of me, I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in the future. And fourthly and finally, uh, this seemed an impossible task. I'm sure Jonah, although now he obeyed, felt that the conversion of a nation, especially one steeped in idols and all kinds of depravity, was too much to ask. He had been used by God in his own country of Israel. We're only told of one prophecy 
uh, that he did prior to, to this. And that prophecy was, um, it was a good one, that uh, land that had previously um, been taken from Israel would be restored. So he'd given good news to his own, own people. And here he was in this foreign land giving really uh, hard messages. You know, when we think about our world, uh, sometimes we feel that things are impossible, don't we? I, uh, I don't get the Liverpool Echo, but I, on the BBC website, there's a part of Liverpool uh, for Liverpool News. And I, uh, I don't know whether I stupidly read through the 29 people who'd been convicted this week uh, in Liverpool. And the reading was horrific. Um, the, you know, the, the levels, it's, you know, the le I was going to say it's not just stealing, and, and, but, you know, the levels of, of the things that were going on, reading that list of the 29 people who were sent down, just really made me feel dirty that I, I belonged to this city. It was just so horrible. And when we think about the wars, uh, the war in, in Ukraine, uh, we think about selfishness, we think about greed, we think about the knife crime. It, it's just, uh, you know, we just feel sometimes, don't we, that nothing will change. How can anything change? I'm sure Jonah felt exactly like that. We sometimes might feel that the problem is too great to anything. But are we going to believe the God who says with God all things are possible? Is it possible for a nation to be changed? Yes, Nineveh was changed. Is it possible for the UK to be changed? Yes, it is. Is it possible for our city to be changed? Yes, it is. But we've got to believe it. We can't do it on our own, but we have a God who desperately loves our city and our nation and our world more than we could ever love them. So, you know, let's really uh, start praying for revival. We, one of our uh, key points that um, we had in our mission statement uh, a few years ago, one of them was revival. And we don't talk about it much. You know, if we got fed up, if we got tired, do we feel that um, it's not going to happen? Well, it can happen. And uh, we need to get on our knees and be praying for that. But we have a God who is sovereign, a God for whom all things are possible. Let's not lose hope. Let's pray. God, we are so privileged to be here uh, with you in our midst today. You've given us so much. You've promised us so much. And Lord, we want to stand on your promises. We believe that you are God for whom nothing is impossible. So, Father, we pray that you will stir us, stir up those gifts, stir us the hope, stir up uh, the desire to, to want to change where we are and what we are. For we ask it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.
Thanks very much, Sue. Um, one of the things we love to do at St Andrews is pray um, for each other and pray with you. So we're going to enter into a, a time of worship now. And I think if anything that Sue has said this morning has really struck a chord with you or you want to kind of explore a bit further, then feel free to come out the front. Um, uh, there'll be a few of us here who are quite happy to kind of talk that through with you and pray with you. I think the things that were, um, were I was reflecting on were where uh, it's kind of Jonah's story, really, which is running away from God, isn't it? Um, and then and then being given really important work to do as a result of running away. So if any of you know what God has said and yet still feel like you're in that place of, of avoiding what God has said, then I'd love to pray with you about that. Um, I think what Sue said really powerfully at the end there, just about... Um, uh, uh, if you're facing the world and it just feels too difficult and dark and horrible, that actually that's something that, um, that God wants to speak to you about, that there is hope and joy and, um, and there's a future and that he is sovereign and the king and all of those things that Sue said. So, um, so if, if what's in your spirit in listening to Sue is something glum and, and flat and unhopeful, then I think that's something that, um, that praying really helps with so um, do feel free to come out and, and get some prayer uh, as we worship and of course anything else but those are the two things that really kind of um, struck me as, we, as Sue was speaking. Mm -hmm. 